Welcome to Happy Naked, the podcast. This is the place where we bring taboo, authentic conversations to light through horror stories, sharing the naked truth, with the intention to help you to have better relationships in intimacy, sex, fitness, health, and overall well-being that will elevate your vibration and the vibration of our planet as a collective. Today, I want to share something that I haven't shared in public yet, because it took me a little bit of time to understand that. And I want to, it was so, and it's related to my book. And I want to show you here the cover of the book for, um, you know, some of you that haven't seen it. There was one of my mentors in business asked me, um, what was the learning out of the book? And I'm like, uh, it, it never really came to my mind until he asked me that question. And, uh, and what I learned after, because you have to dig into that question and figuring out. And because um, to me is I'm sharing all the foundation of things that I personally believe and that I implemented in my life when it comes to, you know, being happy in your own body and start shaping, you know, your body so then that you feel confident and comfortable in your skin. So what it turned out, ironically speaking, is that I wasn't happy naked. <laughs> so, and it's, and what I realized, and that's what I wanted to share with you, with you, but everybody that is watching and listening to this, it is that I definitely wasn't happy naked at that point that I got the photo shoot. Okay. And there's a whole story behind it because that photo shoot was done, um, taken in 2019. And, uh, and, I, and I shared a little bit of the health challenges I had in my book that all started in 2016. And uh, the, the health issues, and you can look in the book, I don't want to kind of repeat the story. So, but the issue was resolved in 2017. Okay, but here's the consequences that I paid after all the medications I had to take. Um, it is that it took me, it, it, it was basically, I fix one issue, but then I end up having a lot of side effects as a result of all the medication I have to take that fix that issue. And, um, and, I, gotta, and, I, and I had to start working on my own health, that it resulted on weight gain and a lot of cellulite that was not looking any, any good. And, and really destroy my gut. And I think, and that's the main thing. It's aside from, uh, from body shame, it is about how it destroyed my gut. And at that point, I was looking like I was three months pregnant. That's how bloated my belly was. That is not being happy naked, I'm telling you. I was like, no way. Even drinking water was making my, my belly bloated. Mm. And, and after... 2017, like around 2018, I started gaining weight. So that was one of the side effects because that's how I screwed up my gut. And gut and weight, they all gain on hand on hand, right? Because it goes with your hormones and all that kind of stuff. And um, and and you know what? It it also created a lot of pressure. I created a lot of pressure on myself. Because as a personal trainer and a health advocate, I also want to, to, to share that image to what it means to be healthy. And I wasn't feeling healthy at all, right? And happy in my own skin. So, and you know, and, and also, 
understanding that I had to put all my knowledge into that I have on regards fitness, health, and overall wellness that allowed me to get back in myself so I could find that balance physically, mentally, and emotionally, right? In order to be happy naked again and love the skin I'm in, right? Those are the ironies that all the things I have been putting in the book and I have to literally go back to basics, which is what I'm preaching. I really have to go back to it and start feeling, um, you know, happy in my, in my own skin. And, you know, the big question that I will ask Victoria as we keep moving forward, right? It is, you know, how body shame really affect us to be confident, to be in our body and or simply be, right? We'll talk, we'll get to that. But before that, I want to introduce you. I want to introduce Victoria. So let's talk about Victoria Vives Quan is international best-selling author of In a Matter of Seconds, healing and shamanism teacher, spiritual leader, and a host of the Divine Sexuality podcast. Oh my God. She has helped thousands of women around the world to access greater fulfillment in their lives and help others to do the same through energy healing and spirituality. Victoria emphasizes divine sexuality as the most powerful philosophy she teaches because it is at the foundation of our femininity and womanhood. Divine sexuality facilitates women's ability to positively relate to their body, to their partners, and their sexuality. <laughs> divine sexuality provides solutions for women who feel depleted and appreciated or without the bandwidth to practice self-care after a day of continuous demands at work. It provides a framework from which women can talk about and resolve emotional issues related to body image, uh, image issues and resolve trauma and negative conditioning. The foundation Victoria's divine sexuality philosophy resolves around the concept of overcoming the shut off state and becoming an ecstatic woman. Oh, this is wonderful. She describes the shut-off state as a form of personal suppression that women might experience as a loss of connection to their value, the value of sexuality, femininity, and ecstasies that is caused by a series of hidden mental, emotional, and spiritual traumas. By understanding and resolving these traumas, women can move into the ecstasies experience in which a woman nature is encouraged to flourish as defined to robust health and happiness in life, purpose and relationship, and often punctuated by multi-orgasmic sex. Oh my God, this is so exciting. Yeah. Thank you very much for saying hell yes once again to my invitation. So excited to be here with you, Dee. I love your energy. I love the work you do. And thank you for sharing your story through writing your own book. That's so powerful. And, you know, thank you. Thank you. I really, really appreciate the fact that you're here today. And uh, when I had you in the masterclass, I know it created a huge impact because I still today um, getting people telling me about what you shared in that masterclass. And uh, so this is, this is a very, very impactful work that you're doing. 
And, uh, and in, my, in my opinion, and I want you to start getting into that, in my opinion is we have been in a, we're living still in a very masculine world, right? Which is why a lot of women feel empowered, we need to get, but it's always from the masculine. And I'm doing this is because definitely that's exactly what we're working on. It's always like, yes, we are here. This is, we can do it instead of let's be, let's enjoy all that kind of stuff. So it is a whole different energy by coming from, yes, we can do this together than being in our body. So how can we start getting into that with all the knowledge and wonderful experience that you have? Thank you for saying that. I love that you bring that distinction because yes, in our culture, we are tending always toward the masculine toward that overachieving aspect, toward how we can be more intelligent in our minds, but not in our bodies. And there is an intelligence in our bodies that is so essential. So if we want to, as women, truly embrace our sexuality, I mean, we have to feel really our body and our presence in our bodies is the vehicle for our souls and it's the vehicle for also our emotions and everything that we experience and how we perceive life. If somebody doesn't feel good in their bodies, they're not going to have a good experience in any of the realms of their lives. So that means somebody is very focused on business, but maybe they go to a meeting, they feel insecure. Am I looking pretty? Uh, this, does these clothes uh, make me look good? How is my hair? All of this is putting our mind out of where it has to be because we are so uncomfortable and we are not connecting with something that is so essential. So I love what you were doing. You were talking and moving and expressing. And I feel that that's very um, represent, uh, representative of us as Latin women. So we have this uh, tendency of really expressing through our bodies. And I feel that sometimes we lose a little bit of that. I know that for my, myself, sometimes in certain circles, it looks like to, to look more intelligent, we have to be more like, like this, like more boring, more like academic. And that doesn't relate to intelligence. There are many, many sides to intelligence. And there is intelligence that is actually about dancing, how we have awareness of our bodies, our space around us, our environment. So there are many kinds of intelligences and we are pushing down some of those aspects. And the, the funny thing is that those aspects tend to be more abstract and more on the feminine side. So by tapping into this idea of the liberation of women through feminism, we have lost some of our femininity. So we want to make sure that we start recovering that and start really connecting. I, that's why I love to, to connect with you because together we're bringing that, this message. And I'm sure that many of the women will resonate with this and then we can create almost like this resonance together and start bringing this as something that we do on a daily basis, remembering our feminine side and going a little bit from the mind into the body. And you know what, it is, it is funny because no matter um, the different people I bring to the show, it's always about, because we can only be in our body if we're present mm -hmm. in our body. And, and how many times, and you know what, there is, 
there's no way we can even have an orgasm if you're not present, if you're not in your body. So give us, you know, we got to jump into this. There are a few things I want to ask, but let's start about, you, you keep saying about intelligence in our body. And I want you to expand on that because how many people might not even know what that actually means? Yes. Yeah, so um, what I was bringing is the aspect of different uh, aspects of our intelligence that sometimes we think just about the intellectual academic aspect, but there are other aspects that are about the awareness. Are we having a, a high dexterity, being able to move through space gracefully? Like dancers know about this and it's an intelligence, but for some reason we don't really value it. So that's the kind of intelligence I was referring to. But of course, this affects every other area of our lives, how we feel in our bodies. And it is something that is so essential to our world that we are investing so much money in feeling good in our bodies. So just in the US, over $70 billion are spent on a yearly basis on weight loss. So that means we're not feeling happy of how we look, but not only that, over $16.5 billion were spent in 2018 on plastic surgeries. So that means we are not accepting how we look. We are super conditioned as to how we should look. And all of this is creating a lot of lack of confidence, especially in our intimacy, but also in every other area of our lives. And when we are feeling uncomfortable with our bodies, or when we feel that somebody else is looking at us and saying, mm, you don't look that good, we actually have more difficulty achieving orgasm. You know, it is, it is crazy because I think 60% of women have never experienced orgasms. It's yes, somewhere so around that, 75% of women have difficulty achieving orgasm. Wow. And you some know, of these women will never achieve an orgasm in their lives. And, and I, I mean, I had this story of, of my own self not being able to achieve orgasm with a partner. And it, it took years and years and years. Now it's different. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, so and that's, that's really... So like you're there and you're like oh, I want to experience it I want to experience it nothing and it's year after year and it becomes really overwhelming so even though it's not uh like the objective necessarily and the best is to be in the moment in the in the relationship with your partner still you know why this is not something that we are talking about caring about it is important. It is important because it has a lot of health, uh, important health benefits, especially bonding with our partners. If we want to develop a strong relationship with our partners, there is nothing like the orgasm to, to bond us together. And I think that um, when we look at body image, and I, and I want to see if, there, if, if we can find any link even between that, between body image and unable to, uh, because I know there are different aspects, right? So there is your mind, there is traumas. And, you know, I, I share that on all the things that you specialize and help women with. Um, but, but even trauma, it is a very, very deep topic, right? It is. And uh, because I, I understand that tr everyone experiences life differently and what trauma is to you might not be to me. And that, but we're still holding that in our body. 
And, uh, and at the same time is um, how can we be happy in our own body, right? And create that connection. I think when women start experiencing orgasms, that's also going to allow them to be more in their body and feel the shame about their body image because they know they have, because it goes with confidence. What, what do you think about it? I'm, I'm, I'm throwing all this at you and see how we can, you can help women to understand all the links in different, in different areas because it goes with different entry points, right? And how it really affects us. Yes, everything is interconnected, as you are saying. And what I want to bring awareness toward uh, as, a, as a healer of um, that I have trained over 4,000 uh, practitioners and teachers in energy healing. So we work with trauma on a daily basis. And I'm talking about deep-seated trauma. So what happens most of the times is that many women are carrying the burden of trauma that they have forgotten or they don't realize they're carrying. So what happens is it, it becomes almost like the fish in the water. It forgets about the water around because we have lived in that way. And sometimes that trauma occurred when we were small, whether it is physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, any kind of trauma we had. We have to continue living with that. We don't have the tools to deal with it. So we kind of push it away and try to live carrying that burden. So that starts really having a repercussion in all aspects of our life. But when it comes to bonding with a partner where we are really testing whether we can trust that partner, whether we feel safe with that partner, it can be extremely difficult if we are carrying all that trauma because it's about restoring that trust that we lost when we had that abuse. So because of that, my work is sometimes not so much about like, oh, that's yourself in this way or that way, but it's like, okay, let's go and really revisit whatever needs to be transformed, released, so that you are a free woman once again, so that you can connect with your partner from a new clean slate, instead to bring all of this into the bedroom, all these stories, all this abuse of all this trauma, or all this uh, discontent with our own bodies. How are you going to feel comfortable with a partner if you don't feel good naked? Like I have so many women that they are afraid of getting naked in front of their partners or even in front of themselves in the mirror, which I understand we have so much pressure when we watch television, when we see the magazines, we see all these incredible supernatural women that many times have been touched up. So we compare ourselves to that. And we think that that's the true beauty, but it's not. It's just a tendency that in 20 years will be different from what it is today. So we cannot change ourselves, go to surgery and do all these crazy things to our bodies so that we fit something that a designer, a fashion designer thought would be a good idea. We need to embrace who we are. Look at our bodies, look at the beauty of our bodies, look at how they function because that's amazing. I mean, we want to be able to make love wildly because we feel comfortable in our bodies because we are vital, full of vitality, instead to feel, okay, you know, I feel great, but maybe I have all this pain because I'm so skinny or whatever it is. So how can we start changing that perspective about our bodies and start loving them 
and start accepting them and start seeing the beauty in our bodies and understanding that the concept of beauty is so subjective. It's not one for everybody. Instead, there are so many different ways. And I know men that love a big woman. And I know men that love a skinny woman. And some love red hair or <laughs> brunette. Like we have, that's the beauty of it, the flavor. So start understanding that, clearing a little bit all that conditioning that we have so that we can honor ourselves, our bodies, and truly start enjoying our bodies. And, and, and that's so beautiful what you're sharing, because I, you said something that I always say, that it's, it, beauty is all about perspective. And, um, and we're supposed to, um, you know, to be in a certain way or look, you know, this way. And at the end of the day, when, and I'm going to talk about heterosexual relationships right now, because when a man, like a woman, there's something I like about men, okay? And is when they like when they like a woman, they like it that person, and they're not looking at the cellulite. They're not looking at how if you have a muffin top or if you're too skinny. And I find that a lot of women judge themselves, thinking that everything that is going through their head is what the guys like thinking about. Normally, that is not even the case. Guys, they're just, I love you. And they're like, a, and we are the ones that end up judging ourselves because the guy truly is loving you exactly in the way you are. Otherwise, they wouldn't feel attracted to you in first place because guys are very visual, right? So they see something, it's like that hunter, right? And um, they see something and that's what they feel attracted to. And that's what they're going for. And uh, but then us, we go through all this different judgment and, you know, it's just crazy. We're so, so tough on ourselves. We're so tough on ourselves. And, you know, it's what you say. It's more about the energy. I mean, if you feel just hot about yourself and excited, the man is going to feel that or the woman, whatever it is. So they're going to feel that. And another thing is that also sometimes they don't even notice the details, like, how many times we start, oh, I'm going to make this with my hair and my makeup two hours after. Hi, honey. And he's like, it's all the same. It's all the same. <laughs> and then the woman gets mad because he don't see all the two hours of work. That is what you're saying. I love it. Because for them, it's, you're beautiful. You're always beautiful to me. Like, honestly, this is the best example because it's so true. Oh my God. And, and I also want to mention uh, another thing because that, that what we're talking about is taking back to what you said about restoring the trust. Because we are, by thinking that way, we're not trusting what the other person is telling us. And that's going to create conflict for bonding. You have been talking about all these little things, and um, but they're not very little. And mm. but then it's um, how is that affecting us? But how can we? What are the? How can we start that journey? Because I think that is the most difficult thing. Is how how do we know that that's not normal? 
So I'm going to pack some questions here for you. So how do we know that that's not normal? How do we know that it's actually a trust issue that we have or is confidence or what was it, or that we don't feel safe? So how can we identify? And from that, I think once we identify something, then how can we ask for help or look for help? Yes. So for women that are already searching this information, finding your show, finding my, my podcast, they're already on the path because they are noticing things could be better. So they're okay, but things could be better. And in the beginning, it's almost like an intuition that we have. We don't know exactly what we're missing because we never experienced how it is to have a wholesome experience with our partner. So we're kind of aware that something is happening and just follow that intuition. And as you start connecting and listening to this show, to my podcast, then start paying attention. What cuts your, your attention? What, what is that that resonates with you? And start seeing when you are in your, in your bedroom with your partner, sometimes it's like the, the desire, the passion is like it overtakes and you're not in your mind any longer. But as soon as the mind comes in and those negative thoughts start putting down your desire of making you feel a little bit insecure, make sure to reflect upon that and see how you can start transforming it. So of course, this uh, normally is, is easier done with somebody helping you, whether it is D or myself or somebody that you trust that you can work with that, that has gone through the process of healing themselves so that they can help you, they understand how you can do it as well. But even if it is by reflecting upon it and start seeing where, this, where does this come from? Because when we talk about that lack of trust and lack of feeling safety, this is very deep work. And this is very, very important. It is not just about whether we are bonding or not, but truly our, our safety, our vulnerability are in, in play. So in our past, imagine somebody that growing up, their parents were physically abused, were hitting the, the kid up or something like that. That person has now a barrier between people and themselves. And they have learned how to deal with it through their day-to-day -day lives. And they are acting normal when are in communication with others, but there is always a little bit of that tendency of, oh my goodness, what if this person suddenly is going to be aggressive with me? So once we go into the bedroom and we are in this place of incredible vulnerability, that is that intimate space, there is a still a little bit of a barrier between our skin and the skin of the other. And unless we are able to release that, it's very hard to fully allow oneself to let go of, of, of just being in their mind and being fully in their body. And I'm just talking about physical abuse, like um, violent abuse, but if it has been sexual abuse, then we go even deeper because now we're dealing with the exact same thing that almost like a stole their innocence and a stole their trust and their feeling of safety. And now we are trying to go through sex through intercourse, through whatever we are sexually doing 
when we have on the back of our minds and sometimes push into our subconscious, but our bodies remember. Our bodies can feel that and, and create somehow a little bit of a barrier that don't allow us to, to fully embrace it because we need to make sure that we stay safe. So we're going to be ready to run if it is necessary, that fight or flight response. We are ready just in case something happens. That, that is, that, that is um, you know, like uh, it is, it is, it is tough to go through all that stuff. Everything that you mentioned, it's, uh, I think, you know, as you keep explaining and, and sharing with us, it is, it feels safe. It is, it's massive, right? It is really, really, um, you know, it's, I, it never, it, it never came to my mind until like you start explaining the way that you are, even because I think it's something that I know and you're talking about intuition as well. But now that you're, you know, like voicing that, I'm like, wow, it is so true. Because mm -hmm. uh, when we feel safe, then when we are in that intimate space, then, you know, we're more comfortable, we're more confident, we're vulnerable, and, um, and all these things start flowing, but you, you're, you're good, like you're enjoying, like you're truly having pleasure and whatever intimacy means to, to someone, right? And uh, but that's it is getting into that because I also think in some cases a lot of women feel and, and I'm kind of jumping into another topic which is a lot of women feel guilty by having pleasure. What are your thoughts on that? Yes, we have this idea that we cannot be um, self-centered and that we should be always giving to everything and by by nature, we are like that as women. We, I don't know you, but most of the women I know, including myself, we get up and the kitchen is disorganized. Oh, of course, we're not going to take care of ourselves. We need to organize the kitchen. Somebody's asking us for that. Oh, I have to answer this email. Like we don't give that time for, to ourselves. So every day we have a certain amount of energy and we start giving it to everything freely. And then at the end of the day, we don't have so much for ourselves. So this is where, where the problem starts. And then we are almost like celebrated when we are non-selfish or non-self-centered. So I absolutely understand that we don't want to, to say, oh, everything for me necessarily, but it's your energy. You can do whatever you want with it, but make sure to start with yourself because otherwise you're going to feel depleted. And this is one of the first things that I work with women on because if we are depleted we cannot do anything we cannot help anybody we cannot heal our sexuality we cannot have incredible intimacy we cannot do business we cannot do anything we, we need to be recharged and understand that maybe right now you can pull it off but how about 10 years from now are you going to continue having that energy or 20 years from now you need to start taking care of yourself and understanding that it is important to give yourself self-care and self-pleasure is actually going to increase your health. The same that pain is not good for you, pleasure allows your nervous system to tell you that everything is okay, that this is a time to just enjoy, relax, replenish yourself. We need that. The same that we go and enjoy an ice cream or something. We cannot be always in a stress, in, in working mode, 
on giving mode, we need to have those cycles. Like, you know, if we look into nature, it's so perfect. And I look here because I have my yard and it's my inspiration always. I see the squirrels, the birds, I see all sorts of life. And I feel we need to remember that we are part of that nature out there. So we see the seasons in most of the country or in the world. <laughs> we see some kind of change, like there is always cycles. In Spain, this is even more pronounced since we have the four seasons. Here in, the, in, in Los Angeles, it's a little bit less. <laughs> it's more like two seasons, <laughs> but still there are cycles. It cannot be always summer. It cannot be always winter because it wouldn't work as well. And when we see that, uh, like in the North Pole or places like that, we don't have the vegetation that we have in these places because it thrives with those cycles, with those changes. So for us, it's the same. If we want to be able to give to others, to give to our business, to give to our home, our families, we have to have a moment to have that self-love, self-pleasure, and that will make us even more generous with the pleasure of others, with the the well-being of others. So super important to start kind of changing this. And I feel the, that the new generations have much less problem with this. Uh, yes, I can, I can definitely see that. And um, I, also, I also think that for us women, um, when, we, when we become moms, that also shift as well. And there is some guilt um, around having pleasure because it's like, a, oh no, I gotta take care of my kids or I have to do this or I have to do that. And then that's when we start changing our priorities, which it has to happen for a period of time because mm -hmm. a baby depends on us, the mom or the parents, right? The, that, that tribe, that support, that feeling safe because that's what it coming from bonding, feeling safe. It comes from that time in our lives. And um, however, a lot of women, and uh, it is, they just get stuck in that, in that mode. And I also find that um, all these women that become moms, and then you have multiple kids, it is, you, you just kind of get stuck into that. I have, I have three kids in about four years, four to five years. And it's, it, it's, it's, I never got the opportunity only once out of, because between my oldest and my middle one, um, they're about two years, two to three years apart. So I, I had the opportunity to kind of catch up on that. However, by the time that I have my second one, uh, then oh, gone, boom, it's a, it's a switch, pop. Then your mom, your mama bear, it's all about that protection, nurturing, and but in a different way, right? And, uh, and then when I had my third child, I never had the opportunity because by the time that I was, my middle one was eight months old, I found out I was pregnant with my third child. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I never had the opportunity. So I kind of jump into one thing or another. And, and that's another thing that is really important when we take that role is that yes, it has a moment and place, and, but we cannot get stuck into that. What are the things that you suggest or recommend? Because women, it's like when I hear women after 10 or 15 years, oh, this is the baby fat. I'm like, oh, that's no baby fat anymore. 
no, 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 no. Don't blame it on your pregnancy at this point, right? So, but that's kind of where we, a lot of women get stuck in their mind, right? Because mm. they, they stay in that mom role and forgetting that before they're a woman, right? Yes. They're an individual. So how can we start helping all these women other than we need them to contact you, but how can we start that process? Yes, super important. I have women I work with both in Spain and here in the US. And when they have this connection with the role of being a mother, which is essential when you have kids, they sometimes disconnect from the role of being a lover. So it's super important to understand that as, as women and even men, we have multifacets and multiple facets. So one wouldn't need to take the other one. But because for a period of time, it's so necessary to put all our efforts in the role of the mother, some women actually feel guilt from becoming the lover at the same time. And they push them apart. Whereas what would be important is to nurture both of them. And the reason why is because the, the core of the, the household is going to be, the core of the family is going to be the mother and the father. And our kids are going to learn from what they see in their parents. So we want to understand that by taking that time, even if it feels guilty in the beginning, just think of your kids, what you want to pass down to them. Do you want to pass down to them that give oneself time and pleasure is, is bad? No, I'm sure you want your kids to thrive in their lives. So the only way to, to pass this down to them is to lead by example and saying, okay, I have my role as mother and I have my role as a woman and a role as a lover. And I'm going to teach my kids this by example so that they can see it because we can tell them, take care of yourself. But if they see us do something different, they're going to learn more what we do than what we say. It is, it is, it is definitely uh, like profound. And on the other side, I, you know, the one situation I was a uh, long time ago, it is, um, I gotta say that I always did my best at finding and having that balance, right? Even though that I, you know, I have my kids and, but always like, you know, I still, I'm still, I like to party, right? I cannot go with a club with me, to the club with my kids. So <laughs> I'm still going to the club because it's part of who I am and what I like, right? And separating that, um, I think I was quite good at it. However, um, we're still judging ourselves as women between our women community. And, and it's very unfortunate because I am, and I'm going to share uh, like that something that happened to me where um, my son, which is the youngest of the three, it was about a year old. And, um, and then I was going through very, very tough times, right? I was very... I think that's one or the second time that I was quite depressed in my life, right? And uh, I was not feeling good at all emotionally. And I was still, I was still um, married at that point. And um, my ex suggested that why I don't go and visit my best friend in Mexico. So we're childhood friends, right? And uh, we were going through tough times, the two of us, right? So that's why he suggested that I might needed a break and just kind of figured out so we could fix our issues. And um, so I said, are you sure? 
because the kids were still very little, right? And uh, he's like, yeah, I can take care of the kids, no problem. So I, I booked my trip and all that kind of stuff. So I'm having a conversation with one of my good friends at the time. And I'm saying that, you know what? I'm going to Mexico to visit my childhood friend. And she goes, and who's going to take care of the kids? Mm. And I'm like, their dad. But you're not supposed to do that because you're the one that needs to take care of them. I'm like, uh, we did this together. Mm. And I trust him as a dad. And for me, that's more important than anything that I know he's going to take care of the kids perfectly in his own way, not my way. <laughs> and, um, and that's it. And I, I, I felt really, really bad after that because those are the positions that we put ourselves as women when we're judging each other. And, um, and it's, it goes with, you know, that we're not allowed to have pleasure or we're not allowed to enjoy because we're moms. So we're supposed to still be in that, step into that role instead of allowing the space to have pleasure, to enjoy life. That is how, and you explained that nicely as well. So then that way, we also are able to become that um, uh, like focus that it can hold also the family together because we are in a good place ourselves. Right. So, yeah, and it's a tough, uh, a tough thing. I always think of the idea of it takes a village to a village to raise a child, and I believe that that is something I would love for us to be able to experience. So, for years, my husband and I were working toward our vision of creating an intentional community where we would be living with an expanded family. So, several. Uh, families be living together and being able to be there for each other because sometimes life happens things might have uh, happened that are urgent and having a community that we can be there for each other I find it essential for the kids and for the elders and for for us in the middle as well but I feel for kids and elders this would be life-changing because the elders become now a very important part of the tribe especially for the kids. And the kids get to play together, get to know other parental images, other figures for mother and father figures. So they are exposed to, to other ways of living. So I feel that it, it gets really tough the way we are living, that we are so isolated from each other. Especially I noticed that more here, that in Spain, in Spain, there is a lot more community going on. Yeah. And I feel that as human beings we are social animals and and we could really benefit from bringing that much more that's why one of the aspects that i share in my divine sexuality ebook is about the sisterhood like we need sisterhood we need to support each other we need to to be there for each other to have a group of women that we can nurture each other because it, it gets lonely it gets hard and we need that support and we we can be here for each other yeah, and, and you know, it's key, you, you, you're talking about tribe and in, you know, when you're saying that is definitely I can connect with it. Culturally speaking, we're very, um, like in Venezuela, we're very, very tight. And, um, and then my experience as an immigrant, and I'm sure you're in the same place because we're both immigrants and all that stuff and coming from the same kind of culture. 
when we're uh, when we are in a country that is it's just the dynamic is different. That's all I can say because it's not that one is better than the other one, but a completely different dynamic. Then I realize what you're saying. It's about having a tribe. It's about having a support uh, and having that community that you can rely on each other. And um, and another thing is we're doing a lot of that work online. But as you said, we are humans of community of touch. We need to bring that also mm. close to us, physically speaking, right? And that's really, really important these days. So talk about your community and let's start bringing people on, you know, how they can contact you. What are the things that you have to offer to the world and uh, to all this group of women? So, so tell us about your community and let's invite them all to join. Yes, thank you, Dee. Yeah, for sure. I'm super happy to connect with each of you. I love to, to bring this at, at a point that we can feel that warmth from each other. So I have a Facebook group that you can join. It's totally free and it helps us just staying in, in connection. Um, so in order to find everything that I'm offering, the best is to go to victoriavives.com slash divine sexuality and i'm going to spell this because it's spanish <laughs> victoria with the v-i-c-t-o-r-i-a and then v-i-v-e-s dot com slash divine sexuality so you can find there my free book my facebook group the divine sexuality podcast and also some courses that i'm offering as well as my youtube channel and i would love 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 to connect with you guys so i i'm looking forward to it thank you Dee. and you know thank you and i will be putting all that information in the description as well where people can find you and just be part of the community so let's let's close this with what it has been in your own experience because I know we didn't talk too much about your own, you know, experience or your personal experience. And I think part of it is in your book, correct? Yes, I, I share a lot in my in my book about my autobiography. Not so much about my sexuality, which makes me feel that I need another book. <laughs> totally, right? <No. laughs> yeah, so awesome. And um, but what do you think it has been? the biggest lesson that you can share with all these women that are listening or, or their partners that are listening to us. And uh, so then it can spark that curiosity. Okay, well, so for me, it was actually, I was running away from commitment. And because of that, yes, I had long-term relationships like one year, three years, but I wasn't, being able to truly open my heart and my body in that very vulnerable space that we were talking about because of all the trauma that I was carrying. So a partner kind of <laughs> defied me, like challenged me, like you are afraid of commitment. And those words were the beginning of a, a change in my life and saying it is true. So facing our fears many times is going to bring the greatest transformation because I realized about that. And then my purpose was to find the men I would be married to and in that way committing 
now I'm married for 13 years. And then I have to face all of my fears, all the, the things that I would never want to face. I have to, but thanks to that, that's when I started having orgasms with a partner. Oh my God. You know, oh my God. <laughs> you, you Definitely, there's so much to talk about. You're making me think about when you're saying running away from commitment. And uh, I have been in that place. Tell, like, honestly, and I also, I have been on the other side of the story where I was expecting people to be committed to, to the relationship that we were in and that wasn't happening. So I have been on both sides of the story. And, and running away from commitment is a big one big one so we are, we are living through so much divorce like there is divorce all the time happening we are not willing to do the work sometimes it's, it's a lot to face and we think we can fix it by just going away but sometimes it's by staying and seeing what is not working that we can resolve it and it's not an easy thing yeah no totally and thank you thank you very much and i want to remind everyone to follow me on Instagram and Facebook. Just look at Dimago Happy Naked, Naked Fit. You'll find me. And maybe you will find some naked women in the search of it because it's always the case. When it, you're looking for the naked word, weird stuff happens, job. This is funny. But it is fine, right? It is just part of embracing everything. And it's um, please, it's and please. Also follow Victoria and I will be sharing uh, all her contact information in the description so you know where to find it, join her community. And thank you, thank you very much, Victoria, for being here and everybody for watching this. And, um, and I hope you're learning and connecting through uh, all these wonderful people that I you know, bring to the show and have you know, amazing, amazing information and knowledge to share with the world, to help us all to elevate our vibration and elevate the vibration of this planet and through healing all our traumas. So thank you, thank you very thank much. You. I'm so grateful to share another episode of Happy Naked with you today. Sharing the naked truth through authentic conversations Follow me on Instagram as Dimago Happy Naked, as well as on Facebook. And also check for Naked Fit 100% Health and Fitness on Facebook. And remember to subscribe to my YouTube channel. And when an episode is of your interest, please share. I'm sure your family and friends will love it. And also check the notification box so every time an episode is uploaded, you get the update. All the contact information and special offers and more, please check the description. And thank you again and so much gratitude.